Hello, Horror Fanatics! I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast... Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And you can check our website out. Yep. Check our episodes, our, our full catalog. Connect to your favorite podcast platform. Connect to uh, our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Get on our, uh, our our Instagram account. We're on the gram. Add you, me on the gram. If you're on the gram, we're on the gram. <laughs> That's at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. I almost forgot our web address. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't forget any of this stuff coming in. <laughs> That'd be great. How you doing? I'm doing well, well actually. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice leisurely day. It was nice. Yeah. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Little man and I went for a walk. Yeah, yeah. It was sticky. Mm. And then he and I made an executive decision, and we're like, just want to chill. And he was like, yes, please. So uh, He's a big fan of the air conditioner. Oh, I'm a big fan of mm-hmm. the uh, air conditioner. And those who don't know, we have a winter breed dog. And now it's getting into summer where it's getting into the 80s. Yeah. This is his least favorite Breaching time into of the year. 90s. And he's not a fan. No. So we have a nice chilled 68 degrees, 67 degrees here in I the I mean, house. pretty much all the time. Yeah. It's pretty much the constant temperature in the house. Yeah. Winter, summer, whatever. Winter, spring, summer. Good ice cream today. Oh. Yeah. Give a shout yeah, out yeah, to yeah. Bonomos. Yeah. New Hartford. Very, very nice. What'd you have in yours? Uh, I had brownie batter, which shocker tasted like brownie, just like brownie. Yep, and uh, cannoli crunch. How was the cannoli crunch? Eh, it's all right. How do they make it crunch? Is it the shells? It's, it's got the the cannoli the shell in cannoli it. Cannoli shell in it. Yeah, mm. yeah, not bad. Yeah, I looked at it. I was like, you know what? I I don't think I've had that, or I might have. Yes, you did. Could have been that during was, the era. That was the very first flavor you had when we went <laughs> of course. there. <laughs> oh my goodness and yes i remember that nice yeah. i had a uh, cake mix you did cookie dough yep and mint mint chip yep mint chocolate chip that is your go-to that's my flavor that's your ride or die that is my flavor yes it is in a big way yeah not even a little no most favorite i'd have to say black raspberry is my most favorite. i'm an aficionado of everyone's mint chocolate chip you are. Everyone. Yes. Whether it's Perry's. Who's got the best? Ben and Jerry's. Who's got the best? I can't remember the name of the place, but it's that ice cream place in Salem. Melt. 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 Shout out to Melt in Salem. Yes. If you're listening. Yes. Or if you're from Salem or been to Salem. Yes. And you've been to Melt, you know what you know. I'm talking about. Now you know. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. They have an amazing... Mint chocolate chip ice cream. Yes. Like, Melt is up, like, if we were to have a 1 to 100 scale, mm-hmm. I'm not even doing 1 to 10 because it's not fair. Right. To Melt. <laughs> <laughs> and say 100 is the best. Melt would be at 100. Yep. And then the next contender of homemade ice cream yep. in a shop, because I'm sorry, anything you buy in a store, 
I love when people are like, oh, Ben and Jerry's, it's so amazing. Ben and Jerry's is getting a pinch. It's, yes. It's, it's a pinch ice cream for me. Yes. It's no different than Briars or something like that. Yes. Homemade ice cream in a homemade shop is literally, it's nectar of the gods. To it me. is. It is. And Melt would be at 100, and then the next place down is like at 80. Wow. Yeah, for me. That's like, saying a lot. It towers above the competition like a supreme ruler. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm so glad we, uh, it happened to be right next door to a hot dog place. So. I mean, and that's like a, that's a, that's I know. a, Both that's good. a bogo Both for me. Yes. Hot dogs. And ice cream. And ice cream. Fuck. It's <laughs> good. It's good. <laughs> that's how you just have the best day ever. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to go to, we, it's too bad. We didn't have cash for Voss's. Voss's, yeah, you could have. Yeah, I could have had a dog in one hand, ice cream in the other. I don't do that. No. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into that. But I'm, I'm not here for. But that I'll go either. back to back. Yeah. Doesn't matter which direction either. Yeah. I'll go ice cream to hot dog, hot dog to ice cream. Mm-hmm. I love my craft. You do. You do. You take great <laughs> pride in your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do put the work in. Oh, I do. Yes. I'm a six on one guy. Six dogs yes. with the works. Yes. My buddy Topher, mm-hmm. we would go to Dirty John's. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Dirty John's in <laughs> Glens Falls, New York. And uh, I told you I'm in rare form today. It's just going to be but, the shout out show, guys. Just shout out for hot dogs. If you're in the <laughs> car, just shout out your own. Hop in this mix. But yeah, Dirty John's in Glens Falls, Topher and I would go. And it was so funny because I'd be like six with the works and he'd be like four with the works. So they go, uh, you know, uh, six on one, four on one, you know, and yep. walk out. And I'd always get strawberry quick because that, like, Dirty John's, that's just, oh, it's just perfect, perfect mm-hmm. mix. And we get the dogs back. I would finish my six. Topher's done with his two. And he's like, here, you can have these other two. So I used to get six, eight for the price of six all the time we would go. He'd <laughs> always get four. Yeah. And he'd never do it. I'm like, dude, why don't you get two? He goes, Best friend in the world. This is what best friends are. He goes, yeah. but then you wouldn't have your two. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you along. He is. Yeah. He is. Uh... Uh, he's one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie Johnson today. Yeah. Episode 27. 27. We're still doing this. I know. I feel like we're just getting started. I know. That's the funny part. We yeah. were mentioning that the other day where, you know, like, we're looking at the list of things and yeah. it's like we're finally getting into the meat of things. This was one we were actually going to do later. I and don't know if we, I didn't even have this on our list. No, but we used to talk about it because yeah. at one point we were doing the Warrens. Yeah. And then we were and like, we were talking know, we'll about the different cases, cases and we'll do their cases here and there. And we wanted to do stuff that was more out of the Amityville run you know some of these different ones and if i'm being honest sure in the 80s the warrens had a reputation yeah and i was all in and i was on the warren train like well here's hard carrying member yeah until (laughs) amityville yeah when it all came to light that you know, it was just a lot of people. A great off the big train hoax, and 
Lorraine doubled down and yeah. was like, oh, it was the worst well, place that we've ever been. Not even but, Lorraine doubled down, but all the people like closely around her doubled down too. And it's just like, look, you got all this. And then the more I started getting into their cases, yeah. she literally said that about every, every single, single case. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the thing. I want to love the Warrens. They're, yeah. they're that type of entity, that type of couple where you want to love them. Mm-hmm. You really do. They're yeah. this kind of sweetheart couple. Well, let's be honest. Gomez and Morticia, they are not. No. They aren't even Lily and Herman Munster. Do you think Ed Warren looks a little bit like Fester? I have a picture here if you want to see. Just to. That's Fester. <laughs> That's Fester. Fester from the 60s television the show. The 60s, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 60s Fester. Yes. Definitely. We'll have to put that on the Facebook group. Yeah, so we will. We people will. People can get a look at it because it does look like 60s Fester. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah but no. She doesn't look like Debbie. It's easy to love the Warrens. Yeah. It's the exciting th- bit of it. And here's what they're really good at they're really good at putting hype on something. They are. They're really good at storytelling. They shed a light on, yep. And you do the research on it and you hear all these people that uh, basically really investigate them further. And are a little more, let's just say, I don't want to say cynical, but but they don't really have skin in the game on any of it. They're not writing right. a book yeah. for them. They're not anything. Yeah. They're just like, look, I want to look at everything. Yeah. Check everything out. And at the end of the day, they don't have anything. Yeah, my favorite is, oh, we've got a video of this. I have tapes of that. Ed Warren, I have- we, got all, we got so much footage. All this footage, you know. And he never, no. never showed it to anyone. Well, here's the thing. We did the Warrens episode earlier. Yeah. And there was those two guys that had access to everything. Mm-hmm. And they were all just like, mm. Yeah. You know, I don't see anything here. Mm-hmm. That's. Yeah. You know, so again, you hear a lot of them say great storytellers. Yeah. And that'll give them that. I think they, they were good at hyping things up. And even from their roots. I don't want to make this a big shit on the Warrens Fest because I think we did a good job of that on and, the Warrens um, thing. But What episode was that? <laughs> I don't know. It's not 28. No, it was not. We haven't done 28 nope, yet. Nope, it was. The um, I can go back in my notes. 10. 10, yeah. Yeah, you want to you wanna like their story, but yeah. even like their roots of where they started, they used to go to people's homes offering to paint the home. They would paint the to home, scout, take it to them, yeah, to, to sell scout it to, them. it to get, yeah, you know, and to then, check and see if it's haunted and, and stuff. Get and, their, and get she'd their walk story. around the house and get her quote unquote feelings, feelings. and yes. stuff. And she would have to. Sit now on here's the, bed. the thing: mm-hmm. I'm going as far as to say I believe that Ma Warren, Lorraine, mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet she believes everything. Yes. That you know, because I mean, without conviction, she'll say it. I think. She believes everything that yes. she's saying with it. But the problem is, is no one else is in on it. Right. And it's the same thing with him. It's yep. like they, they have this connection and maybe they see things that no that one else don't. can. Yeah. There's the whole, you know, people are sensitive to things and yeah. and uh, it's the whole medium type of, mm-hmm. type of stuff. And it's hard to tell. I mean, it's definitely you want to like them. But at the end of the day, you dig deep. Yeah. And that was the whole point of this one with Arnie Johnson. Like the movie for Conjuring came out. Devil Made Me Do It. Definitely recommend watching it. It's a good movie. Yep. 
It's it's I think it's just well done. Watch it for entertainment's but, sake. Yeah, you can't really Please take it. Please don't watch it as this Mm-mm. is a true story. So that's what we wanted to do as we right. spoke with the last episode introing this in basically a deeper dive of the case mm-hmm. of how it originated mm-hmm. because it is different than what the movie did. And so this isn't really a spoiler at all. It may be a spoiler to a certain degree, but it's not really going to affect how you're watching the movie. No. We're not ruining anything in the movie. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, if you don't want to know anything about the movie. Yeah, if you don't want to know anything about the movie, then you've got to watch the movie. movie. Yeah, Yeah. you might want to skip on to next week. But it's a good case. It's a really good case because it is basically where it starts with Arnie uh, Johnson is on February 16th, 1981. Arnie Johnson stabbed his landlord, Alan Bono, yes. to death with a basically like a five inch pocket knife, they yes. say. Yep. And it was committing the first murder ever recorded in 193 year history of the town of Brookfield. Correct. And before the murder, Johnson was, by all accounts, a regular teenager. He had no criminal record. No. No issues. Nope. He had a little high school sweetheart yes. he was hanging out with. And basically, the murder of Alan Bono appeared to be basically like this open and shut case. Yeah. They were all ready to just move on, and Brooks, Brookfield, Connecticut was going to move on. And to the police, they... Just thought it was clear that his 40-year-old landlord had been killed by him during a violent argument. Yes. And after his arrest, Johnson made this claim that literally the devil made him do it. And well, this is where... Well, what I read was that he never said that. It well, was, the it, team, the, the legal team, team the legal yes. team said it. So, And that's where it became this devil made me do it case. Yes. And, uh, and it was the first, what makes it significant is it was the first known court case ever in the United States in which the defense sought to basically prove innocence based on the defendant's claim of a demonic possession and basically, therefore, having a complete denial of personal responsibility for the crime. Fun There's fact, a- they were using that defense because it had been successfully used on a case in England. In England, and yeah. And that case was the case of Michael Taylor, who was born September 21st, 1944. Mm-hmm. It was in Osset, West Yorkshire, England. His occupation was a butcher, and he murdered his wife. And he was acquitted due to insanity yeah. because he, he claimed possession. And his spouse, whom he murdered, was Christine Taylor. Yeah, yeah, but it was more of an insanity plea. Yeah, primarily, but they, but, but they the were exorcisms. bringing in the exorcisms and yep. all that stuff. So, it was the first time in history that a defense like this one was used in an American well, courtroom. Well, they tried to use it, and the judge said, "Well, we'll get to yeah. all that." But okay, but nearly, you know, I mean, here we are, all these years later, and it's still kind of shrouded in a lot of controversy and a lot of speculation. Mm-hmm. However. The occurrences basically that ended in the murder began earlier. Correct. And in the courtroom defense, they were claiming that the source of all the suffering started with an 11-year-old brother of his fiancée, Debbie Glatzel. Yes. And we'll hand it over to you. Correct. 
Debbie had a little brother, David Glatzel, and turns out if if what I referenced, and I will bring up my reference, uh, an article from the Hartford Current written by Jesse Leavenworth, uh, an article from Radio Times written by Joanne Rowney, and an article from the New York Toast, uh, New York Post written by Johnny Olixinski. The New York Toast. New York Toast. Yeah, my um, sources are Radio Times, uh, All That's Interesting. Uh, there was a kind of religion news blog that I was looking at. Yes. And a couple other just kind of smaller various so sources. So it, it appears that Glatzel and possibly even their first names are fictionalized, but they are actual people. Yeah. David Glatzel was 11 when he reportedly began having hallucinations and delusions. So from 1979 until 1982, the boy's suffering worsened, and it was causing severe trauma within the family. And this is all according to David's older brother, Carl Glatzel Jr. Efforts were made by Catholic priests and others to relieve the boy of what they said were multiple demons, and it may, they may never have known anything about this had it not been for the confrontation in February when Arnie, who was the boyfriend of Carl and David's sister, Deborah, mm-hmm. stabbed his landlord. So this all started in Brookfield, Connecticut, and David was 12 when the Warrens came into the yeah, picture. Yeah. David described seeing a man with big black eyes, thin face with animal features, jagged teeth, pointed ears, horns, and hooves, and his mother Judy told People Magazine in the lead-up to the trial, and that the creature, she added, told him to beware. As his condition worsened, the boy would growl, hiss, and improbably, for a 12-year-old, quote, passages from Paradise Lost. He often spoke of death and stabbings. So frightened, the Glatzels enlisted the uh, help of the Warrens, and they were popular TV ghost hunters, they were big in the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, and they brought along three priests. And I'm just going to side note this, because one article says it was three priests. Yeah. Another article says it was six priests. Mm-hmm. Even among the articles, there's conflicting details. It does seem to say, though, that there was three Attempts. actual exorcisms. Yeah. That was so, consistent, I noticed. And one of the people there was the supportive boyfriend, Johnson, and he was present for these exorcisms. And the, the Warrens were invited by the Glatzels. The, the Glatzels then let them carry out an exorcism, though there had been attempts to exorcise David prior. And at the time, it seemed like the family believed David was possessed, though later David's father claimed this wasn't true. Mm-hmm. So Lorraine Warren, who was also a psychic, told Hartford Current that during one of the rituals, Johnson seemed to sacrifice himself to help save the boy. Johnson leapt up and cried to the demon, come into me, I'll fight you, come into me, she recalled. His impassioned requests worked, they claimed, and then Johnson was possessed. But according to Debbie, Johnson began seeing the demon too and started acting outlandishly. He would go into a trance, she told people. He would growl and say he saw the beast, and later he would have no memory of it. It was just like what had happened with David. Mm -hmm. So that behavior is what culminated 
in the incident on February 16th, 1981. So why don't you pick up with yeah. the incident and then we can circle back onto what happened post. Post, yeah. Post murder. Before getting into Arnie's bit, uh, David, they said he would have a lot of nightly terrors. Mm-hmm. And it was starting to get into the daytime as well. Mm-hmm. And again, it was uh, it was a couple things. It was uh, the man with the big black eyes, thin face, animal features, jagged teeth, pointed ears, yep. horns and huff. Also, they had, uh, what was the other one I had? Because I'm kind of scattered around. They also said uh, he would kick, bite, spit, and swear. And David family members also said that he experienced strangling attempts by invisible hands. Also, it was uh, the nightly terrors of an old man with a white beard dressed in a flannel shirt and jeans. Mm -hmm. And suspicious noises began going up in the attic. So at this point, basically, like you were saying, the story is, is, Johnson started taunting the the presence, yeah, saying "Go after me." Yep, I think he did that just to get the girl. He already had the girl. Yeah, it's true. That's a. <laughs> but basically, as a source of income, Johnson worked for a uh, a tree surgeon, mm-hmm. and uh, the landlord managed a uh, a kennel, mm-hmm. and the two were basically reported as friendly. Right. Often met up near the kennel, and Johnson uh, would sometimes even call in sick to work in, in order to do so, you know, to work at the kennel. Right. And on February 16th, 1981, a real vicious argument broke out between them. Yep. And at around 6.30 p.m., Johnson suddenly drew out a pocket knife and aimed it at Bono. Bono was stabbed multiple times in the chest and stomach and then was left to bleed to death. Police arrested Johnson an hour later, and they said that the two men had simply been fighting over Johnson's fiance Debbie, but the Warrens insisted there was more to this story. Right. That's where the Warrens kicked in on this. Right. And were literally inserting themselves into the case, talking to the prosecution, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the, the amazing that the part of it, like, at some point prior to the murder, and it's several months before the murder, Johnson had allegedly investigated a well in the same area where his fiance's brother claimed to experience his first encounter with the malicious presence wreaking havoc on their lives. Mm-hmm. I read that as a uh, something that came up. Right. So that was months before that. So it's possible that it wasn't the exorcism that it could have been unquote, the source or of the, the well. Source was the well. Yeah, but but also I think just so people can get a timeline, regardless of her her you know his his girl's brother, mm-hmm. uh, Johnson having the uh, what's his first name Christ. David David. So with with David having this whole situation going on and being quote unquote exercised, it was months before this happened. Right. It was a long mm-hmm. long time. They said several months. Mm-hmm. And I would look at several months probably being at least three months. That's yeah. a few. Yeah. You know, That's a couple. Yeah. Several. 
you're looking anywhere probably three six. to five months. I'd you know. say six is well. A now I'm even assumption. trying just to embrace yeah. the story and be yep. on the side of the story. Let's it three to five months then is as good as it gets. And the Warrens warned Johnson not to go near the same well. He did anyway. Perhaps it's to see if the demons truly took over his body after he had taunted him. Johnson later claimed he saw a demon hiding within the well who possessed him until after the murder. Weird. Yeah. And authorities investigated the Warrens' claims of a haunting. They stuck with the story that Bono was simply killed during an altercation with Johnson over his fiancée. Uh, the trial begins, and Martin Manila was Johnson's attorney. Mm-hmm. Tried his best to enter a plea of not guilty by reason of demonic uh, possession. Yep. He even planned to subpoena the priests yep. who allegedly attended the oh, exorcisms. There were people from the press from all over the United States. Oh, yeah. They were all well, there was nothing at the bit because Martin Manila had told them that this case was going to be more exciting than oh, yeah. The Exorcist. So yeah. they were all chomping at the bit. So you got to think about it. Roll the tape backwards. You're in the 80s. Yep. It's the whole satanic panic. Correct. You got the Warrens who are on fire. Everywhere. They're on yes. fire. They're on TV all over the place. Then you get this uh, this this case in a town in Connecticut that hasn't had any kind of a murder at all. In 193 you know, years. Yeah. Yep. And, and then basically all this happens and they're saying that yeah. it's a demonic force that does this and they're going to do it in the case. It's a first time. And this is a journalist field day yes. to hop all over this. Oh, yeah. And everybody's in the limelight. And, of course, here's the thing. If you're an attorney, you got to hype up this case anyways because it's a clear open and shut case. Yes. You know, even saying that the devil made him do it, the fact is, is he stabbed the guy. Like, that's not yeah. under debate. No. And he never said that he didn't. No, stab and that's him. the thing. Yeah. And that's what made this case kind of just different in that regard. Yeah, they they tried to su- subpoena the priests who attended the exorcism. And at that time, there was a big tradition with tri- uh, priests on that where they couldn't break and speak about any kind of controversial rights. Right. They just wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. So he was trying to do that to get him to break it. And over the course of the trial, the attorney and the Warrens were routinely mocked by their peers, saw them as profiteers of the tragedy. Yeah. There was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. And hard not to say it, but there was a mentalist, and um, his name was George Cressage, uh, Cressage, K-R-E-S-G-E, and quote, he said, they have an excellent vaudeville act, a good road show. Mm-hmm. It's just that this case more involves clinical psychologists than it does them. Correct. And that's a really good statement from the mentalist. You know, I mean, yes. it's just, yeah. you know, instead of going this direction, this person needed some psychologists to, to look at this and, and get a different angle. It, yeah. So the judge, uh, Robert Callahan, ultimately rejected Manila, the attorney's plate. Oh, he shut him down. Shut him right down. And the judge argued that such a defense would be impossible to prove and that any testimony on the matter was unscientific and thus irrelevant. Yep. And he's right. Yeah. He's absolutely right. Because mm-hmm. everything here would just go on opinion. Correct. And what you would have is basically the witch trials. It's he- it's all hearsay. It's all hearsay. Mm-hmm. It's all what 
you know, uh, a medium believes. And, yeah. And this goes back to, you know, uh, the collaboration of four priests during the three exorcisms was never confirmed. But the Diocese of Bridgeport acknowledged that priests worked on helping David Glatzel during a difficult time. Yes. The priests in question, meanwhile, were ordered not to speak on the matter publicly. So they basically said, yeah, no, yeah. we talked to him. Yep. Which a lot of priests, you know, would. Yes. But no one from the church has said one way or the other what was involved. Mm-hmm. And this was from uh, uh, Reverend Nicholas uh, V. Greco, a diocese spokesman. And we declined to say. That's right. what they were basically saying is they decline. I want my hand to hit the levels there at all. <laughs> uh, but Johnson's lawyers were permitted to examine Bono's clothing. The lack of any blood rips or tears, they argued, could help support the claim of demonic involvement. However, no one in the court was convinced. No. So here's the thing that people got to understand. They couldn't sell anyone this idea. Correct. No one. Right. And, you know, Johnson's legal team opted for the self-defense plea, and ultimately Johnson was convicted of first-degree manslaughter. Yes. On November 24th, 1981, which you're looking at, let's see, it was in February. So you're looking at nine months. Yeah. Nine months this went on. And he was sentenced to uh, 10 to 20 years in prison. Yep. He served five years. Yep. And as Johnson was behind bars, Gerard Brittle writes his book. Correct. The Devil, the Devil in, in Connecticut. Connecticut. And mm-hmm. it was published with help from Lorraine Warren. Yep. And on top of that, the trial also inspired uh, production of a television movie called The Demon Murder Case. Mm-hmm. So now brings in David Glatzel's brother, Carl. Yeah. It should be noted that while Johnson was in prison, Debbie did marry him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, she I, stuck right with him. And they had two kids? I think so. Something like that? Yeah, I got that later in my and uh, Two children, yeah. Yep. Lorraine and Gerald wrote the book, The Devil in Connecticut. But in so doing, fractures appeared within the family. And Carl spoke out against the book and its version of events when it was republished back in 2006, saying it was a complete lie. He said the Warrens concocted a phony story about demons in an attempt to get rich and famous at our expense. He claimed the family were promised they'd become millionaires off the back of the story. Later, the Warrens confirmed the family was paid $2,000 from the book. Carl Glatzel Jr. and his brother David have distanced themselves from the events that inspired the, the movie itself, and it's reported Carl is now working as a contractor and is happily married. And David's sister, Debbie, continues to, continued to maintain that David, along with Arnie, Cheyenne Johnson, were possessed by a demon after, mm-hmm. which brought on the event. And the pair, and as we said, the, the two had two children together. Yeah. He told the current Carl Glatzel Jr. that the real horror story is the damage the 40-year-long hoax has done to his family. It was like a living hell. That's why I moved out of Connecticut, Glatzel 55 said. I never did believe in the bullshit. Carl's younger younger brother, Dave, David, according to Carl, he did have the hallucinations and delusions and the boy's suffering worsened, which did cause severe trauma within the family. And Carl said David was a good kid. He never bothered nobody. Uh, Carl said in a 2007 interview, 
he lived a living hell because of all the negative attention. And the Warrens continued to claim the boy showed the signs of possession, growling, speaking, speaking in strange voices, violent actions, talking of the beast. Current reporter John B. Harris wrote at the time, priests conducted rites of deliverance over the boy in the summer and fall of 1980. And at some point, they state that the issues that David had were more of a uh, a mental issue. In a recent interview with the current Brittle said he asked himself when he started working on the book whether demonic possession was psychological or theological, and he learned that cases of possession in widely different areas bore striking similarities, and the weight of evidence, he said, could not be denied. Brittle, now retired, and Carl Glatzel squared off recently in separate interviews, venting their disparate views on the authenticity of what has become an infamous tale. Glatzel said the author and the Warrens exploited the family, and Carl Glatzel sued the author, the William Morris Agency, which owned the publishing rights, and Lorraine Warren, as Ed had died that year, and he applied to the Superior Court for permission to attach Lorraine Warren's property in Monroe, Connecticut, for $500,000 in advance of the lawsuit. It makes me furious, Glatzel said in the 2007 interview. It took me 20 years to build my construction business up, and now we're going to have to we're going to have it thrown away because of something that is not really true. Brittle's account, Glatzel said in the recent interview, ruined relationships and career opportunities. The truth about his family, he said, will come out in a book that he and a professional author are writing now. This story has a twist to it, and you'll see it soon enough, Glatzel said. What we have is phenomenal. So the lawsuit file, a state judicial branch official said, was destroyed, according to the agency's record retention schedule after the case was dismissed. So Brittle said in the recent interview that Glatzel made a bunch of wild charges. And Brittle also claims that he's got... I don't know how many hours of tapes. It's like 100 100 hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, So this is where you get into the crazy mix of this, because Carl was just 18 when the book was published for the first time. Correct. So, you know, I don't think he was properly prepared to do anything at that time. Also, when they did the case, what was interesting, just uh, I get a little nerdy sometimes with cases, there was a weird thing because normally the deadline for such a lawsuit would have expired because mm-hmm. it was like 20 years later. I think it was the republication. But it was the legal clock was restarted when the book was reprinted yep. last year. Yep. So it was just the reprint of the book. And I guess reset the clock, reset yep. the clock for everything. Yeah, this is where it gets. And it, it seems like all these cases had this muddy exterior to it. Yes. Because let's. We, we kind of tossed a lot of stuff out quick. Yes. But but if you look at it, yeah, Arnie Johnson, who's in prison. Yes. Does five years. Yes. You have Debbie Glatzel, who's in love with him. Mm-hmm. And basically they. She's standing by her man. She, she stands by him. She stood by him the whole she time. She stood by him the whole time. They have a family. They have two kids. And she always maintain an interest in the supernatural. Mm -hmm. She claimed that Arnie's biggest mistake was challenging the beast that possessed her younger brother. Mm -hmm. She says, you never take that step. You never challenge the devil. Correct. And she said, Arnie started showing the same signs my brother did when he was under possession. Mm -hmm. 
So you've got the family of David. David. You got the family of David who's around this saying Yeah. Everything's everything's copacetic here. Yeah. They're they're buying into it. Let's just put it for what it is. They're buying into it. They're all in on the story. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Glatzels on their end. And you have Carl. Yes. And then I also heard something with the word of the father. Yes. That he said, nope, wasn't anything like that. Correct. So this is where. It, They're saying that David suffered from mental illness. From mental as illness. A child. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where, like, when we were just starting talking in the beginning about how it's so easy to love the Warrens, mm-hmm. so easy to get into it. Mm-hmm. And it really is. And it's just like awesome tale to jump into with them. Yeah. It's just an awesome thing. I mean, come on, they're they're demon hunters, you know. Yeah. How cool is that? You know, yeah. and and people have made a lot of money on shows with that, you know. And Ghost Facers. <laughs> and and you look you look at the whole whole thing and this is again like with Brittle on this. And this isn't the only time Brittle's been challenged on stuff. No, and Brittle is and Brittle's in the, the same one who writes these stories with the Warrens. Yeah, he was kind of their author yes. for stuff. Like, if you look at all their, I think he did the Amityville one. And I think he did the werewolf one. He did one. the werewolf one. Yeah. Uh, he's, done, he's done a few of them. Uh-huh. So he's making a name off the oh, Warrens. Oh, he is. Let's just be honest here. And he's making a here. buck, too. Well, yeah. yeah, and he's making a buck. And, I mean, hell, if he writes a good book and people mm-hmm. want to buy it, that's no problem. Yeah. I mean, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. But. It's funny how you have everyone else that's not convinced, including priests and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that just won't come out with anything. Right. And when they do come out, they're just like, yeah, no, nah, nothing happened. Yeah. So at the end of the day, with all this, you have Brittle mm-hmm. and you have the Warrens. Yes. And they're saying, again, it's the same story every time. We got all this stuff. We've got, yep. We got all this stuff. And now here's the thing, even with Brittle talking about the family, He's got a hundred hours, hours of, of interviews. interviews. That's the thing is it's just interviews. Which he had video evidence of is what the claim yeah. is. But he's presented none of it. Yeah. None of the. Hasn't presented any of no. it. So yes. let's start there for a moment. Because yes. it's the same thing with the Warrens. Mm-hmm. I mean, even uh, as I was looking through all this, uh, I was looking at some other Warren cases and stuff. Mm-hmm. They had one, uh, it was a photo where they had three people on like the bottom right side of the photo and there was two beds mm-hmm. and there was a girl on one bed and it's basically a girl jumping, jumping off the bed. the bed. That's from the Enfield Poltergeist. From the Enfield Poltergeist. Yep, that it's was a Janet. girl jumping. Levitating off the bed, But the Frank. way, oh no, they don't say levitated. She levitated and was pushed off the bed. Yeah. And she's smiling like she's yeah. jumping off a bed. She, y- and it's y- like, y- holy shit, you know. Yeah. And the crazy part is, is I know right now there's people listening to it like, no, I saw that picture. It's totally different. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, you have your own, you have Potato- your own. I, I listened to a podcast and the guy goes, Potato, potato. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, I could easily recreate that yeah. photo with your nieces. Yeah. Today. <laughs> I could do it today. We, we could wrap do this it ourselves. Up. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, you know, and that's what gets me with this stuff. It's like UFOs too. Mm-hmm. Fucking pisses me off. 
It's just, oh my God, we got awesome evidence or like the Bigfoot crap. Mm-hmm. We got awesome evidence. And it's a guy who hits a stick against the fucking, uh, a tree and does a whoop. And then he hears a whoop back. back. And it's like, that's him. Oh my God. Do you hear that? There's squatches here. There's squatches. <laughs> They're everywhere. We're surrounded. My God, you know, birds make a whoop noise. You know, I mean, it just, uh, no. Nah. I mean, and, and that's the same thing with UFOs. Now, granted, lately, there's been some pretty good f- footage of UFOs. I don't but growing understand up, I had a what real is problem wrong with, with leaving UFO as what it is. It's simply an unidentified flying object. Well, yeah, no, and I, I don't think there's a whole lot of no, but they against that. No, when they use UFO, they're, they may as well be saying aliens. Well, every single time it's, it's an the, alien craft. It's the entertainment industry. Yeah. No, I just like, say it for what it's it is. Just unidentified. Cause even growing up when we were, I mean, it instantly clamored onto that because they had, it's a flying saucer. Yeah. It's a Tic Tac. And that's all the way back from when they yep. were making movies in the fifties with the sci-fi yep. movies and stuff. Yep. So yep. it's a natural thing to hop into and it's, it's a immediate leap to that. Mm-hmm. But what gets me with this is I just hate hearing that. Oh, we got tons of footage. There's so much footage. Mm-hmm. There's so much footage. You know, we just can't pile through it. You know, well then why are you giving me your shitty stuff? Yeah. Cause this can't be your best stuff. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> this can't be your thing. best stuff. It probably is their best stuff. Well, no. If and you that's going to provide your evidence. If, okay, you, you have to prove your case and you've got your, your mm-hmm. evidence to prove your case. Are you going to use your best and most convincing evidence? Yeah. Or are you going to use the, it's coincidental, it's conjecture, it's hearsay, yeah, yeah. but it does kind of corroborate. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, like why are you giving me your with, crap? You're going to lead with your, your this is strongest crap. and your best. That's why yeah. I can't stand those ghost hunter shows. They no. drive me nuts. Yeah. It'd be, uh, you know, uh, who am I talking to? And you hear, oh, that clearly said David, <laughs> who used to live here. But it's funny. And hung himself up in there. And it's like, what oh, happens is, is whenever Christ. they tell you what is supposed to, supposedly mm-hmm. caught on it, you're like, yeah, yeah. that's oh what my it God. says. It, it, rewind. And then they'll play it again. And they do. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? It is that David. That is what that says. That sounds very much like David. And Before I thought they, it was, and then the next you know. time you hear David, yeah. <laughs> no, Dave. <laughs> Who is it again? Dave. David. Yeah, I just, I don't yeah. know. So and, I mean, and then they're, and then they're like, oh, on today's episode, it's gonna be amazing. We have our best. We have evidence our best today. evidence to date, and, you and know, a chair tips and over. Some static, and they're like, uh, did you see that? <laughs> We caught it. Yeah. We have evidence of a ghost. Some shit topples off over in a metal yeah. ward that's been rusted and sitting there for 30 fucking years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I know there's probably a bunch of people who are just like, bullshit. You guys are assholes. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe we are. But Maybe. I just, I, I really, the problem I have with it, it's 2021. Yeah. For the last five straight years solid. Every human being on a modern, like a, a first to second world country yes, has a camera on their phone. 
on their person. And not at just a camera times. to take a picture. Yes. Video, the whole nine shots for the last five years. What if? And you've got people coming out with like insane equipment, digital DSLR, you know, cameras and stuff like that. I solved it. Oh, I know okay. why we don't have any photographic evidence. They're it's shy. because they're all on selfie mode. Oh, so they think they're they think they're getting it it's, and they're just it's taking the videos only mode of they know. Yes. It's the only mode they know. <laughs> I, you know, it's got some fucking meat to it. Uh Oh my God! Are you seeing this? Oh my God! He's what right is behind that? me. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, and then there's the whole thing with the boxes, like the I I just what boxes? The boxes. What are they? The ghost boxes that get um oh the voice box. the voice box and yeah. stuff like that and and I get it and I you know there's people I'm friends with on Facebook and they're into it and like I. I like the idea of the hunt bit to it, you know, Here's that I would thing. be into it. Like, I, I would like it. I'd like I to see the building and see the history of stuff. And A different outlook if I were actually there in real time and seeing yeah. and experiencing. I, I don't know. Here's my problem with it. Okay. There's, so like a long time ago, I would understand where things would maybe sound a little weird. And this is where, like, Conspiracy Frank's going to leak out a little bit here. Okay. There's too much shit in the air right now. Yes. Like with wireless and cell signals and all that stuff. So if you're running a box of something, who's to say you're not just picking up some white noise Well, some bullshit somewhere? I'm going to say this. And not just Um, getting it all, just like as something's just passing through. Taps was notorious for saying, hey... I thought you were going to talk about the movie Taps with the tap dancer no, there. No, the Atlantic the... Paranormal Society. Yeah, yeah, taps, yeah. I know. Uh, they would, they would pretty regularly say, "Hey, you know, this is the readings we're getting is from an electromagnetic field, and mm-hmm. we're getting this because of." And yeah. then they would point out, you know, the the plumbing or the electrical or yeah. whatever, or a whale. Yeah. <laughs> And they would at least own it, and they would call it, okay, we've debunked this, this is not a haunting yeah. type of thing. But again, they were one of the very first ones who, that I remember, would play the EVP, mm-hmm. the Electronic Voice Phenomena, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and say the, did you hear that? It said help. Yeah. Or actually, the way they would do it is they would play it, and they'd go, Yeah. And he's like, did you hear that? And and they'd be like, hear what? Here, I'm going to replay it. And they're like, right about here. Mm-hmm. And then they show you. And then they listen and they're like, oh, yeah. What is that? What are they saying? Well, I think they're saying help. And then they play it back. And then you listen to it and you're like, holy crap, that does sound like help. But turns out it's the power of suggestion. It really is. Yeah. I think a lot of this, to be honest with you, is... I think people are doing the work of magicians and not knowing it. Inadvertently? Yeah, like inadvertently. I I personally, that's where I stand on the whole ghost hunter thing. Yeah. I think they have all the tools available to them. Mm-hmm. They don't know how any of it works. Correct. They don't, they're not like a sound engineering no. expert yeah. or yeah. anything like that. And look, I don't claim that I am a sound 
engineering expert. By the same token, I'm not going to use a piece of equipment that I've never used. Yeah, but I do know sound can do some weird things. Yes, it does. Just being a musician Mm -hmm. and even just dealing with this podcast. Yeah. I mean, right now, pat myself on the back, we sound pretty dialed in, you know. (laughs) But there's times I'm editing and I hear some weird things, you know, and it's just, and it's just, it's artifacts. Right. It's really, it's, it's just sound artifacts. What and if sometimes it's our ghost trying to be on, on our show. podcast and you just keep scrubbing them out? Yeah, and- I don't really scrub much. <laughs> I, I don't scrub much at all. As you know, if the dog barks, you know, <laughs> or the guy starts up his, his bike next door, you know, but the, uh, but no, I think that's, you have somebody who, who doesn't really understand how that stuff works. They think they do. Right. And they know enough. Here's the greatest statement of all time. To get themselves in trouble. They just know enough to be dangerous. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what we're experiencing with a lot of ghost hunter equipment, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Some of it is pretty decent. And I'm not going to say that all of it's bullshit. There's some stuff you see and you're like, it's pretty compelling. Right. You know, yes. I mean, like you hear the name and they don't have to tell you. There's no, but a lot of it, I agree. A lot of it is power of suggestion. Yes. And that's an easy kind of way to go through that. Mm Because if you look and if it has to be explained to you what you're hearing. Yes. There's a good chance that's not really happening. I always laugh. Like if somebody has a really good sellable idea, it sells itself. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like being a salesman. If you're a salesman for shitty shit, you got to tell the person who's buying it all these great things it does. Yes. But if it's a great fucking thing, you know, you just wheeled out. Yeah. It's and then like they're like, the how much do I pay for this? It's like I the rocking chairs no at Cracker Barrel. no selling those rocking chairs. Yeah. But all that other bullshit that yeah, they had yeah. in there. One of the managers said, I can't believe how much of this China shit you can get people <laughs> to buy. Yeah. And I go, well, you just got to listen to them because nine times out of ten, they want to buy it. And yeah. you just have to, but you just you have just to have give them the reason. Justify the purchase. You have to give them the reason. Yeah. I think that's the same thing. That's why I brought up kind of salesmanship and stuff yes. like that because it's the same thing with ghost hunting. At the end of the if day, if you're watching the show, you want to believe it. You do. You, you do. really do. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong with wanting to believe. It's like X Files. The answer is out there. Yeah, and it's just anything. You could really apply this to anything. If mm-hmm. you want to believe it or you want it to happen, someone can come along and give you the right shove to do it. Yes. And that's for good or worse. Yes. That's going from exercising weekly to lose weight mm-hmm. to joining a gang and getting shot in a year. Or joining a cult. Take your pick. Yep. It just, it. it's all it takes is someone to just give you the nudge that you need. Yep. And, Tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. And, and the again, next thing you know. That's where I'd like to say people are a lot smarter with these ghost shows. But again, I'm always let down mm-hmm. that there, there's a lot who aren't. And yes. it's just like if somebody has to play this over three times. Yeah. And hold you by the hand and say what they're it is. They're selling it to you. They're yeah. selling it to you. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is I don't. And this is what I'm getting at. I don't think they know they're doing it. I really, I think they just, they feel like they're in on something and they're yeah. trying to get you in too. They're trying to bring you in. Yep. And that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying places are never haunted. Right. But I think if you were to pull up all the stories mm-hmm. in one year mm-hmm. or two decades, mm-hmm. if you were to pull up all the stories, I'm going to say probably 98% of them are bullshit. Yes. 
Or easily Easily explained. 90. Yeah. Easily 90 or bullshit, easy to explain. Things got taken out of context. Right. Insert the reason or whatever, yep. but it's not plausible mm-hmm. at the end of the day. If we're going to Mythbusters this, it's just not plausible. Where Did Mythbusters ever uh, I don't know. bust ghosts? I don't know. I think they tried. I know they went to... They went to a Western like saloon out West that they said was haunted or something like that. That's and, right. And yeah. then they did that. They put up the big amplifier speaker and mm-hmm. they used, there was a specific frequency that, that gets used in horror movies. Yeah. And they put that frequency in one of the houses. What they were trying to do was use the frequency. They were, they were assuming the position whether it was a, a viewer that mm-hmm. submitted it in or whatever, but they were assuming a position that a specific frequency would bring that activity out right. and bring things yes. in. And again, this is where sounds weird yeah. because things did move. They said they did capture things, but the fact is, is you're altering the energy Correct. in that area. Correct. And everyone you know, that to went to get all crystal on it and everything specific house all said it had a weird feeling. Yeah. And that's I think a lot of it is magnetism at it the end be. of the day. It I mean, I just think well you're be. in a spot where it's just the magnetism. Again, there is no way to put it. The energy's just different. Right. It's where you could just walk into a room well, and it just feels cold. Or, I can and, say and not this. cold like to the touch on your skin, but just like no. inside it feels cold. It's kind of like um, recently they had a color for a car and it was like this black. It's like the blackest black ever made. And it actually, it's so black that it absorbs all the light around it. Mm -hmm. And they were saying that just like looking at it, like you just felt weird looking at the car. Right. Like it just, it felt like not depressing, but just like it had a weird energy around it because- Here's the thing. Menacing it's, or it's, Yeah, it's unlike something you normally see. Right. As you age, you just get accustomed to certain experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, like swimming by yourself as a kid. I know for me, like in the pool, that used to be frightening for me because I couldn't touch the bottom. Mm-hmm. It just it was above ground pool, and I wasn't tall enough to touch the bottom. And I they would never let me go in there by right. myself because yeah. they didn't want me to drown. Decent parents. Right. But one time I went in there because you tell me no. Yeah. I got to see what all this is about. Why don't they want me in there? It scared the hell out of me. Scared the hell out of me that because I I realized that, okay, I'm in here and it's the same as it is with someone watching me. But if something happens, that's it. No one's around. And it was a weird, weird feeling. Now, that was weird as a kid, but eventually, you know, I don't have that feeling swimming in the lake by myself. And there's no one around. Swimming in a lake is worse because as soon as something touches your foot, (laughs) you're like, oh my God, it's it's a monster. Exactly. It's not a fish. No. It's not, not you know, it's not seaweed. No, no. no. It's the swamp thing. It's Nessie. It's the swamp thing. Yes. Yeah. No. And that's when you have a different feeling that you're not accustomed to, you're going to feel weird. Well, I You're can gonna say, feel different, and that's the same thing with like a a, a spot that maybe will have a, a different type of magnetic energy around it. At Niagara Falls, when you're standing there, yeah, you can feel the energy, and it's the vibrational energy from the falls. It's the sound 
but you can actually feel it. And yeah. it's very awe-inspiring. That's why live concerts are just so euphoric. Yeah. Because it's that sound. It's just the, the vibrating part of it, which we've gone totally away from the devil made me do it. Right. But it all kind of links up, actually. And this is where I was saying, like, people, like, this gets back to the the Warrens where, like, they just. They I, were good salesmen. They were great salesmen and they had their beliefs. Yes. They believed this stuff was really happening, yes. whether they convinced themselves of it or maybe there was a mental problem there. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there is or there wasn't. It's right. just throwing for spaghetti at a wall. Reason, but for whatever reason, and that's where I look in. at that's where I look at ghost hunters like the Warrens. Mm-hmm. It's like I think they knew just enough to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And what made them different than like the recluse in a house is they were they were good around people. Right. They talk, they just yeah. well spoken. Yes. And and people just gravitate towards that. It's different. Yep. And all right, that sounds awesome. I want to know more. And then when you have that eagerness to know more about something, you're gonna start stripping away your judgment on things. Right. Which for a lot of reasons it's good. Like if but- you want to understand someone that you just met, you are either gonna have a lot of judgment on them or you're gonna have no judgment on them. If you really want to get to know them, your judgment's going to slip away because mm-hmm. your interest is more, it's, it's, it's driving more towards someone than your protective mechanism. You know, you're putting your protection behind you and you're saying, no, you're really interested. This is how people fall in love with fucking ruthless narcissists and people. Right. Yeah. Because the, it, there's just so much interest there and they're willing to peel away that common sense layer, right, so to speak, yeah. where some other person may be like, eh, I don't know, you know. Yeah, the I mean, that sounds meter. pretty cool, but, yeah. you know, I don't know. I'm just not buying well, it. Well, I mean, at the height of their hot. popularity, it was the perfect storm. It was yeah. the satanic panic. Oh, yeah. You know, the 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 haunted houses all of a sudden. You had all the movies could, could going. possibly be real because of yep. Amityville, and they're telling you it's real. All and the movies you're like, going, Halloween's Whoa. ripping up more and yeah. more. And, yeah. So it. I, I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. But at the end of the day, uh, I know the charges, the case was dismissed, but they were sued, both um, the publishers and authors, for violating the Glatzel's privacy, libel, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. And that's where things kind of get a little strange. Because, I mean, first off, like I said, you're dealing with like a brother of... Yeah. Not even like the the legitimate family. Like it's you know, it's like his sister's husband type thing. No, he was talking about the the book was written not only about Arnie, it was written about David. And the whole crux of this centers around the fact that David was possessed and that possession was the gateway. No, but for I'm Arnie saying Carl possessed. Like Carl's not He's not really linked in the story at all, other than being the guy who's suing someone. Right. You know, because, I mean, it just. He wasn't a central figure in this. But that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of weird stuff with it. But but take all that away. And it just, I say it every time. It's every single case of the Warrens. Yeah. And trust me, I love reading about the Warrens. I do. Yeah. This isn't a 100% shit fest on me. No. I love the idea of the Warrens. I love their story. I think they have just the coolest story. Mm-hmm. I think they've lived an amazing life. Mm-hmm. Just considering what they did in the time right. period of it, 
Um, I think it was amazing. However, I just can't be, and I've read the books of people that really just swallow the Warrens with every drop. That demonologist that I did a lot of research with yeah. on his book, he's big with Lorraine Warren, tight, super tight. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Maybe he knows something that we don't know. Right. I'm I'm very open in saying that. Right. But it just seems reading off the public stuff, yes. every single story is closed out except the Warrens and whoever's like the publisher or author that they were working and linked right. up with they stand on by that the story. story. They yeah. all stand by the story. Everyone else. But at the end of the day, every single story, whether it's Amityville, and I was the same with you. I was like all into the Warrens yeah. until the Amityville thing came out. And I, when I mean came out, like the priests, all of them were like, yeah, no, it was a story. We did it. You know, yeah. it was all. It's all made up. All made up. And. And what's interesting with Amityville is that I think one of them, didn't one of them have a polygraph and pass it or something like that? Was it but Amityville? But here's the thing. The polygraph is... is oh, no, I'm not saying a polygraph. It's like, not do or die. allowed in court cases no. as evidence. And here's the thing. You can convince... If you're a pathological liar... Well, yeah, that's the You whole can thing. pass a polygraph. Yeah. And if you truly believe something... You're going to pass the test. Really, but with the polygraph, and it's a shame because I think they were onto the right idea with it. But the problem is, is this: it's, it's all it does is measure uncertainty and stress. Mm-hmm. But just stress. And what but they did the is thing, they made the just immediate being there. But they made the immediate leap that yes, having stress is uncertainty, mm-hmm. and that's where I got a laugh where I see like those detective shows. Yeah. And like they got someone in the room and they're just like, dude, it's the American family murderer thing there. Uh, the guy that murdered his wife. Yes. And his two kids. Yes. And he's in there and he takes the polygraph. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy wanted to get caught. Yeah. Because he started off the whole time and he was kind of sketchy with it. I think it just all spun out of control his whole life. Mm-hmm. And 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 then he takes the polygraph and they're sitting there and they were like, you know, we know we know everything. Right. Why'd you take this polygraph and all that stuff? Yeah. And I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm like, dude, where's your lawyer? Why are you doing all this yeah. shit? You know, I mean, that just, uh, there's, there's people who are just, we'll say it. They make bad choices. <laughs> so many people, make but so many, but every choices. single story around these guys, it just, it falls flat every single one. And it's, it's frustrating. Trying, it is. It's frustrating trying to be a Warren fan. Because yeah. deep down, I want to love them. Well, here's the thing. What frustrates me is, okay, initially it was Amityville, mm-hmm. and she all in. Oh, to the grave. I would have respected them more if they had at that time just stepped back and said, hey, you know, we got caught up mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. And and that's a problem I have with mediums. Yes. Is I think the power of suggestion is very much there. them. You, you know. can watch it. You watch it happen. Yeah. And they're like, um, I'm sensing someone whose name begins with an M. And as soon as they see some sort of recognition in somebody's face in the yeah. audience, yeah. they latch onto that person. Yeah. And then they're like, mm, is it your mother? And then and then they're like, oh, yes. 
It was mm-hmm. my mother. Oh, her yeah. Name was, her name was mom. There's a lot of them that do the parlor house tricks like that. Now, granted, there are some, I haven't been witnessed any, but there's no. some of stories that I hear where like police detectives will, to this day, use mediums. Yeah. I, I read that where they, they bring somebody and they won't tell them anything about anything, yep. you know, and they're holding back a lot of stuff on the case. Mm-hmm. And it and they say some of them, it works. Right. And that gets back to the whole ghost story thing where I was saying, like, if you get 20 years of them, mm-hmm. I'm saying 90 to 98% of them are bullshit. Right. Same thing with mediums. Yeah. If you were to get a room full of 100 of them, I bet there's actually two in there that actually had the chops. Right. Yes. That actually have, Agreed. you know, and that's, that's like anything. It's yeah. like anything at all. So Carl says David Glatzel has gone off the radar. Yeah. Um, and, but. That he is doing well and he's moved on from the alleged mental mental health issues. Mm-hmm. He also argues that David simply recovered. But I did also read in another article that David actually did have a bunch of counseling, like yeah. psychiatric counseling. Yeah. And yeah. Th- like they really did discover mental illness and they helped him recover essentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what frustrates me the most, aside from Amityville, is every time we get into one of these stories and you start getting into the the nuts and bolts, like in this one, three different articles, three different number of priests that performed exorcisms. And it's like, so which is it? Is it three? Is it six? Is it one? Well, the fact that None. Even to this day, just no one comes forward yeah. with it and yeah. all that. That's that's the tough part of it. And here's the thing, though. I love the Conjuring movies. I really do. They're great movies. They're great movies. It's but, entertainment. But you could watch that movie and you're like, whoa. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's so true. Like, it all connects the dots. All the dots are connected. Yeah. Everything's lined yeah. up, you know. And, and of course, they got to sell movies. Right. Yes. But. The reason, again, why we wanted to do this story was to show that it's really disconnected and disjointed. Yes. It really, truly is. Yes. And if you've listened to this before the movie, you're really going to see that. Right. You're going to really yes. see how the flow of it's different. Yes. And if you're watching a movie and you think, believe everything in the movie, so you're on your own. Yeah, I, that's- there's a lot of people that know better. Yeah. But, yeah, we definitely wanted to do this specific one because... It's We've hit timely. the Warren stuff. It's timely, and um, and it times up very well to our next story next week. We are getting into the satanic panic. Yeah. Guys, those of you who are of a certain age. Yeah. <clears throat> 40. <laughs> you will remember when we were kids, the satanic panic was big. Yeah. You were. So some of this stuff we're going to bring up, it's really going to hit home with some of the... Um, yeah. Over 40 listeners yeah. of the podcast. Under you 40. Know who you are. Under 40. You um, guys are so lucky that you didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, under 40, uh, it's worth listening to because you're going to hear some crazy 
shit. So if you wonder why members of your family who are yeah. over 40 act a certain way or are a certain way, yeah. this may very this well will, explain it'll some provide of, a lot of, It'll put some of those puzzle pieces in, uh, together for you. It'll provide a lot of insight on some yeah. behaviors that people over their 40s have, um, especially with trust issues yes. Yes. and things like that. Yes. And I know younger kids have not a whole lot of trust issues, but but the fact is, is then it was, oh, man. It's a different man. time, it's man. different time, man. We always fit it in, man. It's a different time. <laughs> it's a different time. It's so weird, man. Weird. But, yeah, no, I'm very excited to do that because that there's some things that I recall from childhood growing up in that whole type of bet. And I remember having, and I'm going to go in depth with it on the show, you know, next right. week. We're having conversations with my parents about that stuff. Yeah. And, like. That's my parents that, didn't talk about shit. You know, well, no, because I was always just so damn inquisitive with crap. Like, and I wouldn't let it go. Like, if I yeah. wanted to know something, I totally feel bad for my parents because I just never stopped. You were a dog just, with but a why? bone. But why? Yeah. But why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. You know, let it go, Frank. Okay, tomorrow. Why? You yeah. know, I just, I wouldn't let it go. And at some point they had to feed me something. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm glad with them. They always fed me the truth. They never kind of sugar, they never sugar-coated crap. Right. And definitely that's a wide, wide breadth of information we're going to do next week. Because mm-hmm. we're going to try to basically jam a decade. Yeah. Into in, an hour. Into an hour, <laughs> hour and a half. Which is good because we're going to have a ton of, ton of content for that. Yeah. And there's a ton of stuff. I've already looked ahead oh, yeah. on it and there is a ton of stuff. Yeah. And I think the format we're just going to do is just spread fire, just talk about random stuff. Yeah. We're and, just going to go from there. We're going to lay it all out there, man. Yeah, man. You draw your own conclusions, man. However, we'd like to thank everybody for listening. We yeah. really appreciate it. Especially, uh, we're happy for everyone getting outdoors and uh, yeah. enjoying their lives. Uh, we strongly encourage it and we've always been understanding the whole time that, you know, we thought, uh, the listenership was just going to drop right off. We did. We had a really big expectation of that and, and understandably so, because everybody's been cooped up and it's the summer, listening man. To, well, and listening <laughs> to podcasts and I yeah. mean, and we'll bring up the elephant in the room. I mean, it's the whole opening up of states and towns yeah, the and world, things like that. And, yep. you know, and the world's still struggling in some areas with it. We're right. pulling for you. We're praying for you. Yep. And uh, we can all be an example to the ones that are still going through the tough stuff that it there is hope. It will open up for you. It gets better, man. It does. It does. <laughs> um, but we were shocked that a lot of people stayed and you keep listening. And we are, and we are so grateful. Extremely grateful. So grateful for that. We really can't thank you enough for... You guys really are horror fanatics. I and know. it really does, like... Yeah. Makes my heart just like full. We got to come up with like horror fanatic swag or something like we that. We do. We'll, we do. We'll we'll definitely get into that type of direction, but yeah, I really wanted we really wanted to take some time and just thank you so much for that um and that the fact that you're still still listening you to us. You guys are and, the best, man. Cuz we really thought that everything was going to drop off as the warmer weather and came we here in the States. And we would pretty much be doing and, this for ourselves. And we were going to do this and, you know, maybe some members of the family that, you know, 
just want to hear her voice, exactly. I guess. I don't know. Or I could threaten them with bodily harm yeah. and be like, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> I support you and your thing. <laughs> you support me and mine. Yeah. Except my mother, apparently. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mom. What, she she on or off? She's off. Oh, she listened okay. to Haunted Houses. Yeah. There's 26 other episodes. <laughs> Thanks. Love you, too. Well, they're not going anywhere. No, she can, they're not. You know, pick up the habit whenever. I even tried to throw yeah. the Frank's mom listens. Well, maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. I don't talk to her oh, about no. it. I really well, your don't. Your mom did. She was telling well, yeah, us pretty regularly. Bit. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. But no, we're we're so grateful for it. We really are. Um, we we really expected everything to level off. We did or drop off. Yep. And we were very accepting of the fact of it. We've always said, and we still mean it. We'd be doing this if no one was listening. Uh, we just True. we have a lot of fun doing it. We have this a lot of fun do, guys. going through all the material, and you know we we just really really love doing this. Each of and these we're very grateful is a car ride with us. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> it really is. So if you want to know what it's like to hang with us, this is for pretty a car much ride. It. This is it. Yeah, yeah. this is a, the shit we talk about, and um, we are. Where was I going with all this? That we're grateful and we're thankful. Yeah. And no, we're very grateful and thankful. And we uh, thought we'd have zero listeners. Yeah. And we have more than zero, turns out. We have minus 10. <laughs> we're in the negatives. <laughs> it's just the spirits listening to us. There's no one else. Well, I don't know. You keep scrubbing them out of the episode. Yeah, that's true. So now we're, uh, yeah, we're doing Satanic Panic next week. Yep. Thank you so much. And uh, a small call to action, if you don't mind, for those of you that have passed uh, us on to all your friends, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. If you do have a person that you have in mind that you think would be into this. Or you've got a stranger and you're just like, you know what? I'm kind of like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm getting the horror vibe from you. Yeah. So you just be like, you know what? I think you would like this podcast yeah no we keep surging and it's yeah it's amazing for us to see so thank you and all of it is word of mouth yeah i'm not gonna lie we don't advertise i don't advertise on facebook i don't advertise on instagram i'll do the posts but but we haven't sunk a nickel a, a penny into this podcast for advertising correct none uh it's just all exposure through platforms and you guys are the best so and if you could help us build just a little bit more, it'd be super appreciated. Oh, yeah. No, if you just know someone, you know, you don't have to be pushy with it. But if you just know one someone. person. Yeah, because we're finding out that that really works. It does. And we're finding out. ourselves uh, as we enter new markets in different countries. Yeah. It starts out. It's a one person, two person. Yes. And then it goes into uh, like four or five. Yep. And then it just builds and builds and builds. And it's a really cool, uh, it's a really cool experience to see on our ends that people are enjoying this, uh, hopefully as much as we do. And we're very, very grateful for it. So we hope you have a wonderful day. We hope you have a lovely week. And make good choices. And don't forget. Yeah. (laughs) No Ouija boards. No. No dolls. No capes. No capes. No blood rituals. No blood rituals. Do we have any others? No. 
No, because if I, I were to pick one here, I'd be bagging on the Warrens, and I don't yeah, want to no. do that because I want to love the Warrens. I know you do. I really I do. do. I I have never rooted for a single person or couple more than the <laughs> Warrens. I usually, like, if you know me at all, you know I could write someone off as quick as five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I'll let you back in, but you got to have something more than a stupid picture of a chick with a smile hopping out of a bed. Yeah, you I gotta have more than the, no, I than the girl jumping on the bed. Yeah, so make good choices, folks. And should we put uh, no jumping on the bed? No, it's fun. <laughs> Jump on the bed. Jump on the bed. <laughs> All right. I don't care what your age is. You know what? You, here's the second call to action: jump on your bed today. Yeah. And if you get a hospital bill, or if you get a cast, send a picture. Yes. And I don't know what you win. You'll win something. And if you're within two <laughs> hours driving distance of us, I'll sign your cast. <laughs> Love you guys. See ya.